Real Fun DC. Hospitality and a little bit of sass are always on the menu. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Hey everybody, welcome to a, another episode of Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis. Normally, I'm doing it live from my bedroom, but today I'm doing it from the beach. I'm going to rub that moment in in just a little bit. Uh, so each week I uh, take everybody on a deep dive into what is happening in the hospitality, travel, and luxury industry. And just for those of you who are jumping in for the first time, a quick background. I've been covering the DC food, wine, and hospitality scene for over 18 years. Um, you may hear me with my husband, David, on Foodie and the Beast. We are on and back in studio. We've been on like for 13 years, uh, food and wine variety show, lots of booze, lots of food, lots of fun, 1500 AM, or of course you can download the podcast. Uh, the list are you on it.com, my online e-zine. It's been around for over 18 years now. Every food and wine event happening in the DC metro areas there, as well as promotions, everything about new openings, restaurants coming soon, you name it, you want it, it's there. As I like to say, I do not sell, but I do like to tell. Now. Industry Night, which used to be out of the line hotel, uh, is now on Real Fun DC. So that's where you're hearing it right now. So it is midsummer. Uh, and you know, usually about this time, it's like the summer slows, right? Like no restaurants are opening. There's no more parties. Like everybody is just like lazy, hazy days of summer. Well, not in the almost post-pandemic fingers crossed post-pandemic world. Uh, doors are opening, patios are being played out. There is so much going on, parties and fun. Again, you can find a lot of that in the list, but I'm just gonna tell you about a couple things that are happening. Um, first, where I've been eating. So as I mentioned, I'm at the beach, I'm very lucky. I have family that um, have a place down here and they're incredibly generous with it, but there is some magical food here uh, that is not like, you know, just pizza, pasta, popcorn, and fries. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, but we've gone to Catch 54, which is right on the bay and is beautiful. There's a new restaurant called Harvest, which is on Ocean Drive in Fenwick. And they are doing an amazing uh, axe, you know, a ribeye axe. So if you're craving for some meat, that's definitely something you want to do. Um, and Ellen and Todd Gray of Equinox fame, have opened up a restaurant in Rehoboth. It's called Federal Fritter. It's a little, it's not exactly what it is. So it is a fritter shop in the front. And when I say fritters, I mean like apple fritters and corn fritters and oyster fritters and artichoke fritters. They're all delicious. But in the back, it's a bistro and it's like a little slice of Equinox in Rehoboth Beach. Um, we had a lovely meal there. I highly suggest it. Now, what's opening in DC? Well. Former guest of Industry Night, Angela Gregorio, has just opened up her second location in D.C. It's called Spice Girl in Marketplace. She is so fabulous. You must go in and see her. And above ground, which is a fish and chip shop, is uh, popping up in Union Market. So you can get your Brit on if you hang out there. Um, and speaking of popping up... A uh, sibling duo, Carla Sanchez of Spicy Candy, DC fame, and Juan Sanchez have introduced to the DC area their Bolivian heritage. And they're doing this through a pop-up 
and it's a total experience called Casa Cantuta. Um, I'm sure she's going to say it a lot better than I just did. Um, but it's an experience inspired by both her and her brother's upbringing in the Bolivian capital of La Paz. Um, so with me today, I'm so excited, is Carla Sanchez. And uh, return guest, uh, Maria Ituralda of um, Saya Salteñas. Did I say it right? Am I close? Yay! Uh, and she is uh, she is providing the food at the pop-up and she was here before to tell us about her products, but now she's going to tell us even more. And mixologist, uh, uh, he's the beverage director at Roy Boys, uh, but he is also helping out with this pop-up. Luis Aliaga is here too, and he's going to talk about all the fabulous things that he's doing there as well. But Carla, first and foremost, I want to start with you. Um, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Nikki, for having me on your show. I'm excited. I know. I can't believe So Carla and I have <laughs> known each other for a really long time. Um, we travel in similar circles. Uh, she's way more fashionable than I am with her um, Instagram following and her blog. So Carla, let's just talk about sort of your early life, how you got into like blogging and Instagramming and all of that. Sure. So um, I coined myself as an OG blogger. I've been mm -hmm. blogging for now 12, 12 years this year. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started, there was no social media. There was no Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. So the only way to promote your blog was by giving people your card and hope that they'll remember you. Um, right. So I started doing that 12 years ago as a style blogger. And I think I was one of the first ones, definitely in DC, who started documenting what to wear and how to put things together. So I was that girl in alleys where I would just take photos and people would be like, what is she doing? Mm -hmm. But uh, eventually, uh, once social media started really kind of taking off, uh, we started with Twitter. And uh, that's when I think my blog started really kind of also taking off just because more brands were kind of getting to know me, the blog and what, we, what I did. Um, and then with that came Instagram and then once Instagram launched, that was a game changer for me just because I was truly able to, to tell the story uh, in, in, a, in a different way, you know, like because uh -huh. um, the blog, obviously, you know, people will go to the blog and check out my outfits or, you know, places that would feature things to do in DC. But with Instagram, it was just a lot easier to com communicate with my followers. And I was also able to kind of, um, in a way, reach a bigger audience that was not just DC. No, I mean, Instagram and, was a, yeah. I think Instagram was a game changer for people like you and people like me. Like once Twitter took pictures that took us to one place, but Instagram just blew things up in a totally different way. And it changed the entire way we do business, right? Yes, a hundred percent. So, okay. So you're still doing all of that. And, mm -hmm. but, but you're originally from Bolivia. So when did you come to the States? I immigrated in the, to, to Virginia specifically in 1998, if I'm not wrong. Okay. I was nine, yeah, nine years old mm -hmm. when, I, when I first came um, from Bolivia, La Paz, Bolivia. Um, it was an interesting transition for me just because I was at that weird age where I truly was trying to be the cool girl in school in Bolivia. And then I came here and I was like, wait, now I have to learn English and nobody likes me or <laughs> wants to be my friend. <laughs> There was a kind of hard transition for me actually to, to come to a school and you know be enrolled in ESL and just kind of also be surrounded by so many cultures like when you're in Bolivia you're just surrounded by Bolivians but when you come to the U.S. especially 
um, you know, my school, like, I was so like, like, what is going on here? Like, we have people from Peru and Guatemala and China and, you know, India, and like, we're all learning English together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it was a beautiful experience for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I lived in Virginia for most of my childhood, teenage years, and I moved to DC a little bit over 10 years ago now. Well, so if you can reflect back on when you first came here, um, you know, was there a lot of access to sort of Bolivian culture or Bolivian products? Um, you know, was there a bit of home for you here? When uh, actually Virginia, there's so many uh, Bolivian restaurants in Virginia and the community is mm -hmm. pretty large there. Um, mm -hmm. So, my, you know, obviously not in proper DC and that's how I started to really think about how I can establish a Bolivian, uh, what is it called? Like, you know, like Bolivian culture, like introduce the Bolivian culture to DC because you'll find a lot of Bolivians in Virginia. There's a few stores there as well, but not in proper DC. So what, so for people, the uninitiated, what is Bolivian culture? What, you know, how do you compare it to other sort of South American experiences? Like what are, what would people need to know about Bolivian culture before they um, enter the Casa? Sure. So um, I always thought, well, Bolivia is beautiful. Like each mm -hmm. city has its own charm. I'm from La Paz and La Paz itself, I've always thought it was very mysterious, very cool. The streets are very, um, they're, they're old, they're old school and um, very colorful. We have a lot of um, different, like street food is actually pretty big in Bolivia. Um, mm -hmm. We also have uh, a big uh, folk folklore. Like we have a lot of, we, we celebrate a lot of things in Bolivia. Bolivians like to party, I'll tell you that much. Um, so uh, that was also the inspiration behind Casa Cantuta, uh, just because I felt like, you know, um, Bolivia had specific elements that I felt would work in a bar or speakeasy scene. Everything from, uh, the, the uh, Bolivia itself, like the, the culture to like the food and obviously just the, the vibe, the vibe that Bolivia gives you when you go in there. Like it's, I, I can't really describe it, but like hopefully one day you can travel and truly understand how beautiful it is. Well, so since you're calling it like a speakeasy, I know the cocktails are important, but you're doing a lot of the decor yourself and you're inviting a variety of different people to do like a marketplace there, right? So can you sort of walk mm -hmm. through what that's like and what the experience is and who you're inviting in and, and, and what that process was? Sure, sure. So actually uh, my family, my, my entire family is involved in this. Um, we are actually pretty big DIYers to include my mom and okay. my brother. And like, um, I love obviously decorating. It's been my thing, especially through the pandemic, I was able to explore that side of me even more. Mm -hmm. um, so when I came out with this idea, I knew that making over a place wouldn't be a problem for us in terms of like hiring outside sources. Like I knew that as a family, we could come together and make it happen. Um, so in terms of the decor, like um, everything that you see there was DIY by either my mom, myself, or my brother, or my dad. Um, mm -hmm. We outsourced, uh, actually my childhood, it was so funny. So I was in desperate, I was in distress for like the past uh, three weeks prior opening just because it was very important for me to to have authentic decor from Bolivia so um and getting stuff here oh no was shipping a problem yeah, yeah oh my yes, god yeah so right. um 
I was like, how am I going to make this work? You know, so I contacted actually through Instagram, which is Instagram, seriously, it's like my best friend in so many ways. Um, I didn't know that my childhood friend from Bolivia was following me. Like when, I mean, when I was like, you know, six years old, like she was my best friend at that age. So she Mm -hmm. somehow found me on Instagram, was following me. And she sent me a message saying, Carla, I am so proud of you. This is such a beautiful initiative. You know, I wish you the best, you know, like, I can't wait to see, you know, how this comes together. And so I messaged her right away. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you for following me. I didn't know you were following me. You know, thank you for your support. Um, and I was like, by the way, I was like, you know, I'm actually looking for someone who can help me ship stuff from Bolivia to here. And she was like, so excited to help me. So she was like, I'll, I got you. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And like, I was, it was such a beautiful moment because I'm like, you know, if you think about it, Bolivia is still going through the pandemic. They still haven't had the vaccine available for them yet. So for her right. to go out of her way to go to market and search for the things I need was just so beautiful. Um, so she did that for me. She was able to, I gave her a long list of the things I needed. Um, she was able to get everything within two days, package them, send them to FedEx. And he got here literally a day prior us. Oh my God. So uh, the night before my family and I were till like I think one in the morning just putting things together we were like oh my god like do we have everything we need is everything gonna be okay um, it was truly a, a labor of love from not just me it's my entire family. Well um, you're so lucky that you had that friend and your family yes, there to yes, be a yes, part of the process. Sure. Now 100%. how did you wind up with Maria and uh and Louise? Sure. Um, so during the pandemic, I was obviously everybody's just kind of finding ways to support local. And that was very mm-hmm. important to me. So uh, whenever I wanted to do takeout, it was very important for me to do it from like a small business owner, especially from the BIPOC community. So I remember going through Twitter and I saw, I think, um, a tweet about Saya Satenia saying that there are Satenias in DC. And I'm like, how do I know about this? I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, Mm-hmm. Yes, I need to know who this person is. So I ordered Satanias, uh via, you know, online and I went to pick them up. And I think Maria's husband was there. And I remember telling him how excited I am to find Satanias. I don't have to go to Virginia to get them. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, here's my card. I was like, you know, actually, I actually have a social media agency. If you guys need any help, you know, please let me know. I really want to make sure you guys stay here. You guys, you know, let's see if we can work together. So that's how kind of like the relationship started. And I, we started kind of going back and forth in terms of like content creation. Like I started taking photos and sharing it with them. And then um, I told Maria, I was like, you know, Maria, I really feel like social media is so important. It's critical for a business. So I was like, you know, I, I really want to help you, you know, like, is there any way that, you know, I'll sign just a client because I have um, in my agency, we work with small business owners that don't have a big budget. So if you don't have mm-hmm. a big budget, I will basically work with you for like three months to get you off, right? To kind of like give you all the content you need and educate you on how to run your social media so you could be successful. And it's, the cost is very minimal. So okay. she was on board for that. So I started doing her social media. I was connecting that way. And uh, at that time, I already had an idea in the back of my head that I wanted to open a speakeasy, a Bolivian speakeasy situation. And um I was like, this is kind of cool, you know, because I knew that I wanted to sell Bolivian street food, but I didn't necessarily want to travel to Virginia all the time to get it. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe when the right time happens, I can talk to Maria about my idea. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, and then that's how did you? And so how did you wind up with uh, Louise? With Lou? So yeah, so then uh, after I what is it? Is it Lou to, Bernard? Lou Bernard? 
right? Is that what yes. he's also, no, also known as? Lou Bernard. <laughs> yes. Okay, great. Yes, yes. we'll call yes. him Lou Bernard here on out. Okay. Let's um, do so it. just quickly, how did you find him yeah. or you know him? Yeah, sure. So after I realized I wanted to do this for sure, I told Maria my idea and I was like, hey, Maria, you know, I'm now looking for a bartender. And it was very, very important for me for the bartenders to be Bolivian or 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 from the BIPOC community, but mainly Bolivian, because I wanted that person to truly understand our culture, because I knew that the craft cocktails that we were gonna kind of put together were gonna be inspired by by Bolivia and the city I was born. So if the bartender wasn't didn't know that or was didn't live there, it was gonna be a bit hard. So then Maria, she was like, you know, I I, I think I have the, found the perfect person for you, and I was so excited, and I, that's how it happened. Like she connected me with Lou. I sent Lou a DM via Instagram. And mm -hmm. I was like, Lou, you know, let me give you, I have an idea. This is what I'm doing. And he was the nicest thing ever. Like he was so sweet and, and, you know, willing to help. Um, so then we met and with my brother, him, and I knew right away he was the right person. It was like meant to be. Oh, that's amazing. All right. Well, on that note, mm -hmm. uh, I want to remind everybody you're listening to Industry Night on Real Fun DC with me, Nikki Nellis at NYCCI, N-E-L-L-I-S. And I want to, we're going to come back to you, um, Carla, because we want to tell everybody mm -hmm. where this is and, you know, what else they can look forward to. But now I want to get into Maria. It's Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC. Now back to Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Hi, Maria. Hi, how are you? It's so good to see you again. How are you? Yes, it's so great to hear you and see you. And I'm totally jealous you're in Rehoboth. I wish I was there with you. Maybe I'm, actually, I'm actually in Fenwick. Um, okay. and, I, and I just want you to know, like, I feel really blessed right now because it just started to pour and I am a sun worshiper. So like not being on the beach, like makes me so anxious, but I'm like, oh, it's raining. It's okay. <laughs> meant to be, meant to be. <laughs> meant to be. So, okay, let's, let's re-educate everybody on who you are and what you do. Okay, so I, prior to pandemic, um, mm -hmm. I had a catering company, Creative Catering DC. Uh, pandemic happened. And uh, we, we all had to pivot and we all had to be creative. I uh, was born and raised in Bolivia. I okay. got here in 1999 when I was 18 years old. Okay. And um, I, we've always had Salteñas growing up and Salteñas is a huge part. It's like just a huge cultural part of Bolivia and everybody that has been in Bolivia has had Salteñas. Uh, once you taste them, it's you can't really... Okay. Explain. What are they for people? I okay. mean, I've had them now, so I know what they <laughs> are, but I think it makes sense that you, the expert, tell everybody what they are. Well, thank you, Nikki. Yeah, no, we want to introduce everybody to Sateñas because they're just awesome. So it's like a combination of a soup dumpling and a pot pie. So it's a savory stew wrapped around a sweet pastry dough. And there's mm -hmm. even instructions on how to eat them because you have to eat them um, in a way that the soup doesn't drip. So you can eat the dough and have the soup and serve the soup all at the same time. So it's a, it's a technique. It's a Bolivian technique, but we're spreading So what do you word. do? Wait, wait, wait. So what do we do? So you, you, you sort of break you off shake the it. top. You yeah, shake so it. So first you shake it. Um, okay. You shake it, you break off the top. Mm -hmm. And you basically eat from top to bottom. So you eat around the dough and you slurp the juice. Got it. 
Yeah, I did. I just want to say for the record, I did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it does take practice. Uh, Bolivians are known for being good at it, but also we are known for not being good at it. And we even cheat. We use a spoon as well. Um, okay. As, so it's totally allowed. Um, it's so now however, what, what are you putting in yours? Like, what are the different varieties that you offer? Okay, so the the classical one are, you know, beef and chicken and then spicy beef and spicy chicken. Um, mm -hmm. Those are the classical ones that I have. I do have a vegan one with quinoa um, mm. and potatoes, mushrooms, and peas, which is a great combination. I love it. I have, I'm actually working with Cam and uh, uh, 46, which is a Filipino-Hawaiian food truck, and we're doing a filling. Uh, they're doing a filling for us, so it's a... Um, roasted pork with a coconut shrimp soup Yum. inside of Saltena, which is great. The dough is just just so amazing. It's just a it's just a how it's a dough can the dough how can the dough hold the soup? Like soup dumplings, you don't have a lot of time with a soup dumpling, right? Like when that soup dumpling comes, if you let it wait too long, you can watch it. The soup dumpling just kind of shrinks. It like deflates. So how what is it about the dough that can hold soup okay so that's a very very important question especially because in bolivia the dough is a little bit thinner and that's because of the altitude and because of the dryness mm. so it can hold it better and because of the altitude um soup doesn't boil so much in such a at such a quick temperature so it holds mm -hmm. it better but being in Washington DC, which I know is the, hum the humidity, my God. Yes, um, we've had to go through so many tries, which is, that's the reason why the dough is a little bit thicker, mm -hmm. just to make sure that the soup doesn't seep into the dough. Um, and the filling, you know, has uh, has the natural collagen at the of the bone broth, and that kind of helps it kind of like gelatin. Just keep it together, right. Just gel mm -hmm. it together and keep it together so it doesn't just kind of go everywhere and um it's a little it's it's definitely a science but it's it's a delicious science and are there no sweet ones it's all savory yes as a matter of fact i do i have three three sweet ones mm -hmm. um these are not bolivian these are mine kind of own um my own uh my own uh, your own take your own take yeah okay. my own take so it's a apple passion fruit one apple because that's the first thing that i baked when I got here to the United States, I baked an apple pie. So that was my own. Um, I'm half French. So I did a French frangipan tart. Yeah. So pear, almond, cranberry, salteña. And mm. then for summer, I'm doing a cherry orange rhubarb salteña. So it's definitely great. I mean, as I said, the dough leads you for so many things and there's going to be much more flavors to come. Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm very excited for that. I'm so excited for you. Um, but talk about how you and Carla got together and sort of sort of what this means, what sort of the the um, Casa Cantuta means for you and, and why it's like what your part what your part is for it. Um, well, the moment Carla told me that this was what she wanted to create, I was extremely excited, not only because um, it's Bolivia's turn to shine. Um, we mm -hmm. definitely want to, there's a lot of Bolivians in the DMV area and I, we definitely want to showcase our culture um, and what best way to showcase our culture, culture is through food and beverage. That's mm -hmm. the best way to just 
tell you how we are. Bolivians, I mean, we're a soup country just because of the cold. So we put a soup inside if, of a pastry, pastry. which sure. right, which is what it is. And, you know, Lou's going to talk about the singani and the drinks and everything that entails. It's just, it's just a way to start the process. And there's so much that we can do from the textiles to the language. Mm. Um, there's, we're, we have a very, very uh, rich uh, language over there from Quechua to Aymara to Guarani to Piguarini. There's so many different um, native uh, Bolivian Maria, languages. I feel like you're, I feel like you're gauntlet throwing me with like pronunciation here. You know, I'm pronunciation <laughs> challenged and I feel like you're like challenging me. <laughs> to like screw up I'm, intentionally. <laughs> That's what it feels I'm, like, I'm just telling you. Sorry, white girl hair I'm problems. Sorry. Okay, so, <laughs> all right, but so no, I mean, I agree with you. Um, you know, when I saw that Carla was doing this and who was involved, to me, what's so exciting is that it is, we're so lucky in DC that we're able to have these experiences that people, that there is access and a way for people to celebrate their culture and other people to, you know, people who may not be familiar with it, that it's accessible. Do you know, this is such an accessible concept to me um, that I can't wait to check it out. And I'm telling people to go check it out because it's totally different and new. Um, and it's a great thing to do. All right, with that, I'm going to go to Lou Bernard and uh, we're going to talk about what you're doing and then we'll bring everybody back at the end to sort of um, invite everybody in. So hi, Lou Bernard, how are you? Hey, how's it going? How are you? Good. Okay, so you're the beverage director at Roy Boys. You're a busy yeah. guy. Uh, tell, us a little, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I'm a Virginia kid, just like Carla, like Juan, like Maria. Um, mm -hmm. I also migrated here in the 1996 uh, to Alexandria. Uh, I don't know, grew up here. Mm -hmm. uh, did my whole, you know, just like everybody else uh, at um, school, just a normal kid. Um, they migrated into DC, I think about uh, 10 years ago now, eight years ago now, as a DC resident, we can say. Um, got into the service industry, um, I said about full 10 years, uh, full time about six years, part time 10 years altogether. But how'd you get uh, into the beverage? How'd you get into the beverage component? How'd you wind up mixing uh, mix drinks? Well, that's a long story, <laughs> but I'm going to make it very short. Uh, life Good, because we took, only have, you know, so much time for the show, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know so life, I mean? took, uh, <laughs> life took a turn uh, uh, on me and uh, I shut down my, I shut down, I shut down for a while. Uh, and when I turn, uh, when a friend turned everything back on, I decided to say, you know what, I'm going to head this way and try something new and i found the industry um mm. and i grew i grew from uh, being a, a door guy to being a bar bag to being a server to being a bus boy and i was one of those things i'll keep watching people do things and i was like hey i can do that and boom i i go ahead and try it i'm like oh well i can do that and boom i went and go ahead and try it and just like that i'm i, I am where i am I, I see and i'm like oh i can do that and um i don't know cocktail is one of the things i got into the past six years, um, even though six years, I was still working in a neighborhood bar, very well-known neighborhood bar, and mm -hmm. Adams Morgan, um, uh, the blogger, love that place. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a lot of good memories there. Um, but I, cocktails was already in my mind. I don't know. And like I said, by watching a lot of other people, which friends, 
that I can still call friends, uh, uh, you know, mixologists, bartenders nowadays, still, uh, it's where I say, you know what, no, I'm, that's where I want to go and do, and um, yeah, six years later, here I am. Well, uh, I think you know. that's really, and it's, that is an, oh, uh, that is an incredible like restaurant story, right? Like yeah. <laughs> talk about the industry and how people can find success in it. Um, yes. that's it. You, you are like, you're like the poster child for how people find their way through the industry. They start at the bottom, they climb to the top. I mean, I love your story. Um, and so I, I, understand that you and Carla knew each other, but let's talk about the cocktails that you're making because as Maria alluded to, you know, there are specific liqueurs and drinks that people partake in in Bolivia that maybe um, other people are unfamiliar with. So what are some of the things people can look for and can you explain them to us? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, our cocktails is basically like, I mean, again, uh, we use and uh, rep we represent in our, our, our motherland, which is Bolivia, and Brujero Singani has been out for 500 years now, uh, mm -hmm. mainly in South America, Bolivia, South America. Yes, it has uh, migrated to the United States, uh, mainly on the, uh, mainly on the West Coast a lot. Um, you know, mm -hmm. lately it's been out, out here. There's people that have Brujero on their bar, don't even know what that is. They're just there. Okay, their can you order. do me a favor for people who if you'll say it a little slower so that they because like I can't pronounce things correctly so I want people to understand the liqueur what is it uh, Rojero is the name of the brand Singani is the liqueur so it's Rojero Singani okay uh, since there's plenty of the Singanis nowadays known that everybody's growing but uh the the traditionals is too traditional uh Bolivian authentic uh it is called uh, Casa Real Singani and mm -hmm. Rujero Singani, those were the first ones. Uh, Rujero uh, decided to explore out there and trying to get, and, you know, grow. Uh, so you find Rujero Singani a lot in, uh, in the United States nowadays. Uh, but Rujero Singani fell, falls under a category called brandy, which we have a lot of brandy here in the United States, um, but they're made a little bit different. You know, apple brandies, uh, pear brandies, this brandy, brandy liqueurs. Uh, Rujero is, uh, had to do that. I think they have to do it in order to be able to be export uh, outside South America. I, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm, I can't really agree that it's actually but it's, a brandy. But it's made from grapes, right? It's made from wine. It is made with grapes. It is made with, from one grape. <laughs> Uh, our artist is made, yeah, the, uh, for Alexandra, Alexandra grape. Uh, it is grow. Uh, we grow that in Bolivia in Sucre, Tarija. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, that's why our Rujero is distilled, which is one of the Samosa uh, Tarija is our city, one of our cities in, in Bolivia. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, one, it's, it's, it's made with one grape. Uh, everything started like, I don't know, before everybody's time back in the day when Peru, right. Chile, Chile, and Bolivia were uh, sharing uh, workers. And the trail racks, trail road, railroads, uh, railroads. Uh, sorry, um, mm -hmm. and everybody went that a different way. You know, that's why pisco is made with sixteen grapes. Chilean, Chilean pisco is made with eight grapes, and we decided to say no. Well, our altitude allow us to grow a very good grape. And we're gonna do it mm -hmm. with one grape. That's how Rujero started it. Um, but yeah, no. When uh, when my um, when Carla approached me, like I said, it was Maria. Maria started everything, uh, especially the relationship that we all built now at this point. Maria, uh, I found Maria. I was like, hey, Sartenias, let me see what's all about because everybody wants to sell Bolivian food, but everybody's good, not good. It's like, we'll see. Uh, especially in DC, we don't have it. Virginia, I guess, like growing up in Alexandria, Arlington, you know, there's always uh, Bolivian uh, food like uh, everywhere. 
by different people differently when um i don't know i walked in one day and i met maria i got salteñas we chat a little bit this and that boom i I think i got two i said let me get two let me see what's going on and i went to robois to work which is not i'm not that far from maria we both in shaw uh, and I got to work and I got the first bite and I said, only Jesus Christ, what's going on right now? I said, this is it. Right. This is it. And I, I mean, I crushed it. Uh, my coworker was like, dude, what's going on? I was like, nothing. Don't worry about it. Uh, I ate, you can't have uh, any. The, I didn't buy you any. None for you. No. But then no, but the following Lou, day, I, But Lou, I don't want you to get off track here because we only have a couple more minutes and I really oh, do want to kind of talk about the dream. On the I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, and no, honestly, yeah, so. I would totally go down that rabbit hole with you, <laughs> but I really want to talk about the drinks that you're making for yeah, people and understanding um, about their experiences. <laughs> no, no problem. Sure. Uh, yeah, like I said, so when my Carla approached me, told me her idea, uh, I first I thought, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll help her out. Why not? I already, uh, I did some changes here at Roll Boys uh, cocktail program, and I already mm-hmm. have brought Rojero, which is one of my best sellers here at Roll Boys. It's a, it's a drink called Fresco. Um, uh, with Rojero Singani and uh, so when she when Maria was telling me that and then Carla approached me and I was like well I'm already representing Rojero Rojero because I love it it's our culture why not when she told me about well this is what I'm thinking of this is what I want um, I said you know what why not I help you I did not know how all this was going to turn out to be I just was like oh I'm kind of like I'm going to consult for you like no problem no instead uh, we decided to go all in and, and I and I took the time and I said you know what we are going to show people what we are all about. And especially mm-hmm. if I'm going to be the part of the bar, I'm like, we want to show people what Rujero Singani is all about. And uh, I took it in a way of the same way I take uh, my, my program now here at Roadways. Uh, uh, I build. I build with uh, other spirits, other, other liqueurs, a lot mm-hmm. of local, a lot of non-local. I mix in Italians. I have uh, liqueurs. I have a little bit of Mascals. I have a little bit of gins here. So I did the same thing. I said that I want to keep it uh, Rujero as the main uh, spirit uh, being our national. So can spirit, I ask about, can I ask about that spirit? Is it a spirit traditionally in Bolivia? Is it traditionally drunk as a component of a cocktail or is it traditionally drunk over ice or straight up or a shot? Yes. So in Bolivia is three ways you drink Rujero Singani main. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's definitely cocktails nowadays in the new era that we live in. Uh, mm-hmm. But traditional growing up, I know, and I can, and anybody in my age or older definitely will can agree with you. Rojero Singani is known to drink on ice. Uh, like people it. love it on ice. Uh, we mm-hmm. love it in the morning with some orange juice, which we sell at Cantuta now on, on our Mercadito. Ours, uh, it's called Yungueño. It's uh, orange juice, mm-hmm. a little bit of simple, and uh, and Rojero Singani. And in, 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 our third, in our third traditional drink, and this is every, every, any hour, it doesn't care. It says 11 a.m., 1 p.m. 10 p.m. Like it doesn't matter. We 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 drink two flights. Two flight is our national drink all over Bolivia, which okay, is Rujero Singani. Okay. Two flight is Rujero Singani. Uh, so we do it differently. Uh, we have something we call agua mineral over there, which is a little bit of either ginger beer or some kind of sprite. You know, like sprite or mm-hmm. Sierra Mist. Nowadays we got we have that here in America anyway. Um, but it's a different brand in Bolivia. Uh, so it's kind of like a ginger beer. Uh, almost basically so it's Rujero Singani ginger beer and some lime and you drink that like it's hot water all day every day <laughs> like it is just She's like, nothing Maria's wrong like yes we do oh my god yes. I love that yes we, we like... drink that all day every day 
I feel like uh, we did we this the wrong like a... way. I feel like yeah. we should have recorded this together and we could have had the saltinas and we could have had some of the drinks <laughs> and I could have seen yeah. some of the decor. Next time we're going to do it like that. All right, Carla, I'm going to bring you back on because I think we need to tell everybody like where this pop-up is and when it's happening and how everybody can get access to what's going on. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC. <sighs> Serving up thought for food. Now back to Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. The pop-up is happening until August 8th. We're open from Thursday to uh, Sunday. The mm -hmm. hours are Thursday to Saturday, 7 p.m. is the last call. Um, and then Sundays, we're open from 2 to, I mean, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. We're also open Saturdays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Those are our Mercadito hours where we highlight uh, small business owners from the Paipa community. You can come and enjoy our brunch Bolivian cocktails that Lou just talked about, which is Chuplay and Yunguenito, as well as the Salteña. Um, and, and, then, and so who are some of the people you're bringing in for the marketplace? And does that change every weekend? Uh, yes, so we're gonna have different vendors. Some will come again, but we, we try to keep it different. Um, and, and that was very important to me. I wanted to make sure that Casa Cantuta was a place where the BIPO community felt at home and also a platform where they can showcase, you know, their talent. Uh, mm -hmm. So right now, this, the, we had Sangat, which is a boho African line. It's beautiful. Um, mm. And we have Spoken Spanglish. It's a t-shirt line that kind of has fun things in Spanglish. Um, mm. And we have... Uh, metal oh god i, I don't want to say her brand wrong but it's, it's a really cool jewelry line um that's made by this lady who's from ecuador and uh it's handmade with metal and it's just truly beautiful um but yeah we're gonna have different vendors every weekend okay and and also can selling... i oh go ahead go ahead say your last one. Oh no yeah so i'm also selling um i, I thrift a lot I'm, I'm a big thrifter that's how whenever i started my blog i usually showcase how to style your your outfit using mm -hmm. vintage finds so i have my own line now called musta musta in quechua is queen um so i'll be selling my own vintage line there as well fabulous okay so tell everybody where the space is uh yeah so the space is in adams morgan we actually rented uh, the bottom level of bottom level of spacey cloud which is located mm -hmm. in um 2309 18th street northwest it's um Again, basement level. We don't really have a sign out there. All you have to do is look for the little Bolivian flag that's like hanging, and that's how you'll find us. I love that. Okay, very quickly, <laughs> Maria, please tell everybody where they can find you online and social. Okay, great. Uh, Saya Salteña um, in Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Saya Salteña, all basically spelled out. And uh, you can find us at Casa Catuta. Uh, during their opening hours or opening times the Thursday through Sunday or at a storefront on 1897th Street, Tuesday through Sunday. Excellent. Thank you. And Lou Bernard, tell everybody where they can find you, please. Uh, my social, uh, my IG handle is uh, LouisVNDC, L-U-I-V-I-N-D-C. Uh, you can find me there or you can find me in Cantuta, which is El uh, Canta, Casa Cantuta. Um, and you can follow me there and find everything I'm doing for Cantuta, for Roll Boys, all my cocktails. Uh, yeah, and great. That's where I okay. am. Okay, all right, and Miss Carla, back to you. Just tell everybody where they can find you, please. 
Yes, yes. So my personal account is Spicy Candy DC. That's the handle. And of course, make sure you follow Casa Cantuta, which is at Casa Cantuta, all spelled out one in one. Great. Yeah. And just for everybody who's listening, we have all that information on the list, areyouwanted.com. And of course, it'll also be on my social media at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S. Well, thank you again for joining me, Nikki Nellis, on Industry Night. There is so much delicious happening around the city, and all you have to do is tune in to find out. So, everybody, I hope you're being safe out there. Uh, I hope you've been vaccinated. Uh, and if you haven't, I don't know what you're waiting for, because there is way too much to do in D.C. Check out the list, areyouwanted.com. Follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, don't forget Sundays at 11 a.m. on 1500. Uh, you can tune into Foodie and the Beast with me and David. I thank you all for joining me today. Do not forget to check out all the new things that are popping up, just like Casa Cantuta. Have a great week. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Real Fun DC.